Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. What we need to do as Christian parents is raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. Raise our kids on the Word of God. Let's raise our kids not on YouTube. Let's not raise our kids on um, Disney Plus or Netflix. Let's raise them on the Word of God. Let's bring the Word of God into our homes. Let's raise our kids in the presence of God. Let's bring them into the house of the Lord. Like us as kids, we grew up every day, every Sunday. We never missed a Sunday. We were here in the house of the Lord week after week after week after week. And all, um, all three of us are still serving the Lord well into our adult years now. And um, this is not to toot a horn or anything, but a lot of people in Christchurch and New Zealand around are asking mom and dad all the time, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do to um, have your kids serving in the Lord, serving in the house of the Lord all right now? And, um, and it really comes down to this is that we, brought, we were brought up in the house of the Lord and we were brought up with God. And I think what is important is I'm, God's putting on my heart a heart for our kids and that um, we need to lift up our expectation for what our kids can experience in God. There's a scripture, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in faith and love and life and impurity. And um, we, I believe that our kids are going to set an example for us in the terms of passion, in terms of their hunger for the Lord, in terms of their purity, the hunger for the Word of God, in terms of their prayer. Our kids, we're going to make a way for our kids to come and encounter the Lord. And the thing about Jesus Christ, it's every generation, it's every age. There's no like segregation. It's no like, oh, you're now of age. We can talk to you about Jesus. No, it's every age. And it's like, oh, no, you're too old now. We're going to just sit you down. And no, no, everyone can experience the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. And that is where God is moving. It's like, what demographic is God moving on at the moment? Every demographic, every person, God is coming to encounter us, to come and meet with uh, each one of us. And I, I sense the importance that we've got to clear the junk out of our home. We've got to get the demonic out of our home. And uh, last Christmas, um, we kind of, when you're married, it's hard to buy presents because it's like same bank account, scouring through what am I getting for Christmas through the bank statements and look, oh, meat from Prime Foods. No, um, but uh, we, so we thought, I oh, would we'll we'll buy each other watches and we'll get each other watches for Christmas. And um, I, I got Hunter a, a Spider-Man watch and, um, and it lights up and it's like 25 bucks. And she opened up this nice Daniel Wellington uh, watch case. It opens up and there's a Spider-Man watch. And then she had to open up and there's the nice watch. But um, I got all this watch and uh, we found it yesterday and we're, I was wearing it, turning it on. And God's been doing a thing in us about clearing out rubbish and the demonic out of our home. And so I, uh, I burnt a couple of t-shirts yesterday in the rain. It was, it was fun. But, um, and then, you know, I had, I had an awesome time with the Lord and I thought about that Spider-Man watch. I'm like, here's this guy. He's got supernatural abilities that aren't from the Lord. He represents a spider. I mean, spiders are like witchcraft, man. And I said to Hannah, we're going to throw this thing out. She's like, really? I'm like, yep, we're throwing this thing out. And um, you might think, oh, that's too religious, James. It's too out there. I think like, man, I just want to be better safe than sorry. You know what I mean? Better safe that we're living in the kingdom of God. And so I got that Spider-Man watch, took it to the kitchen, took the back end of the knife, bang, and it's cracked it head and chucked it in the bin. And because um, I don't want some kid in the scouring through the rubbish. Oh, man, a Spider-Man watch. Um, but I, I don't know, but... 
and us, like Hunter and I, what's happening is we just can't find a movie to watch these days. Like it's so full of filth and so forth of rubbish. And we go on that website and um, like, oh, oh, here's a potential candidate for a movie, Hunter. We see what, not like if it's using the Lord's name in vain, if it's got four letter words, if it's got the unclean and thing, I'm not going to use that as my entertainment to entertain me. It's like, why should I be entertained by the things that nail Jesus Christ to the cross? That's what we're doing. God is really coming us. There's a high road. There's a high way. It talks about, I think it's in Isaiah 35. This is not even in my notes, but it says, um, there's a highway of holiness and the unclean will not walk on it. And there's a, there's a highway of holiness that we must live, that we must walk on. And God, there's, a, there's a choice for us if we want to encounter Jesus Christ, if we want to meet with Jesus Christ in a supernatural, powerful, powerful way, then we need to start cleaning up our homes and cleaning up our lives. I know God wants to come to our church and God wants to encounter our church and he really wants to come and move. But are we ready for God to come? Because if we are not ready, God will come in judgment and God will come in um There'll be judgment on our life. I believe this, that the grace of God is shortening right up in this time. When God speaks to us about an issue, convicts us about an area, right then and there is when we need to respond. Right then and where is the empowerment, the grace to respond. You know what the grace of God is? It's not just a wash over, wash clean, but it's the empowerment to walk in righteousness. I think it's in Luke chapter 3 or 4. It says, Jesus Christ... um, after he was baptized, he says he grew in the grace and favor of God. Why does Jesus Christ need grace? He never, ever sinned. You know what I mean? He doesn't need a washing over over his sins. He never sinned. But grace was the empowerment on Jesus Christ's life to live righteously. And when God speaks to us about an area to say, oh, smash the Spider-Man watch or um, stop watching pornography or stop... Uh, entertaining lustful thoughts or stop criticizing and holding judgment, stop gossiping about your workmates and people on the island. When God speaks to us, right then in that moment is the power to overcome that sin. Right then in that moment is the power to change. And But if we delay and um, oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll think about that, Lord, and give it a month, a couple of weeks, a, a couple of months, the, the grace of God lifts off. And then God will leave us to our own devices. And I actually think it's quite, sometimes God just gives us what we want. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And because he'll, he'll speak to us about an area. But if we want what we really want, sometimes he just gives it to us and let, lets us suffer the, you know, the consequences from our own choices and our own decisions, um, yeah, which is so, so important. So I say all this is to say that hunger for God chase after God, push into the things of God. Now's not the time to waste our lives away. Like these lives are so short. And I've been thinking, I think I may have shared this last time um, about age, but like we judge age, or you're you're 50 or you're 40 or something. Really, we should be, you're 30% or you're 40% because like we all have different death dates, you know what I mean? And I guess no one really knows their death date, but like I'm I'm 29. I keep thinking I'm 30, I'm 29. Um, and you know, if I live to a hundred, that means I'm about 29% through life. And that's a scary thing. It's like the microwave, you're cooking dinner. It's like 29% through. It's like, oh yeah, nearly there. 50% through. Oh yeah, dinner's coming. Dinner's coming. But 99% were nearly there, you know, but that's, that's the reality. Life is so, so short. 
And um, let's not just not mucking around, wasting on stupid ass stuff. Like, like seriously, we we do. We're worried about the All Blacks and the World Cup, and we're worried about um, what we're gonna wear. We're worried about um, money and finances. Like, give it up on money, man. Like, honestly, the way finances work, it just they're just printing money at the moment. During COVID in 2020, they um, it's called quantitative easing. The Reserve Bank bought 30 billion of uh, government bonds from the government, so basically $30 billion was pumped into the New Zealand economy. And so all the money that we have all just got devalued. Um, and that's why we've got inflationary pressure at the moment. Um, but that's part of the reason, lots of reasons. Let's um, put a caveat on that. But um, you know what I mean? Just like we can be chasing, chasing money and money, and then in the back, back room, they're printing it. And it's just like, that's why they say buy assets, don't buy cash. Um, I'm not, not going to get into that. But, um, but, you know, just give it up on finances and wealth. Like, how much is enough? Have you ever met someone that has $10 million? You know what they're always trying to do? They're still trying to make more money. It's like they, they're always trying to make the next deal. They're still trying to make the next amount of cash. Like, no amount of cash will give you happiness and peace in this life. Like, and that's the thing. Like, God, of course, God wants to bless us, provide for us so that we don't have to worry and fear about these things. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. But like most of the time, Lord, bless me so I can be rich. Like that's not the heart motivation. Like it's to be a blessing. Abraham was blessed so that he could be a blessing. He had farms and sheep and lands and all that kind of stuff. He, he was blessed to be a blessing. And um, so the future of the church is for the hungry. It's for the intimate. It's for the obedient. It's for the teachable. It's for the bold. It's for the honorable. These are the things that will that will take us far in the things of God. And um, I say reluctantly take us far because it's not about going oh climbing the ministry spiritual corporate ladder. And it's not about that. Going far in the things of God is going into Jesus Christ and it's experiencing Jesus Christ. Our call is to Jesus. And as life is so short, we are called to an intimate, vibrant relationship with him. Like our meeting of Jesus is not a once-off decision when we come to an altar, altar call and we meet with the Lord. And it's like, yeah, I've got, I've got the Lord, I've got Jesus. Then we go off and do our life. No, it's day in, day out, encountering Jesus Christ. And you could be a Christian for many, many years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and not be walking with Jesus Christ. If we are not a lover of Jesus Christ, we are backslidden. If we're not a lover of Jesus Christ, we've lost our way. He is it. The, sin, the whole sin thing is not about taking away our sins so that we could go to heaven. No, it's taking away our sins so that we could be with Jesus, so that we could encounter Jesus. And it's not, oh, yeah, when I die, I can be with Jesus. We can be with Jesus now. And that's how we can have assurance of our salvation, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, but we walk and we love Jesus. If we are a lover of Jesus, we have assurance that we have him, that we walk with him, that we know him. And that, that's a real call. God is wanting to evangelize his church and his church around the world because um, I was watching this thing and the guy's saying, not everyone that's going to church is going to heaven. That's the reality of it is attendance at church is not, we have not been saved by attendance at church. Attendance at church hasn't died on the cross for us. It's Jesus Christ. And if we do not have Jesus, we have a lost eternity. We are walking away from the Lord. And when we die, we will not be with the Lord. We will get the just punishment into our, for, our, for our life, for our sins. That's eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in hell. 
That is the reality of it. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's a Jesus or hell. It's do we want the Lord. It's do we want Jesus Christ. And God is calling us into an intimate relationship with him. And intimacy, you cannot fake it. You cannot rush it. You cannot buy it. Um, it's free, but it will cost you everything. It costs you a life. And you cannot rush it. Like, I, I love that parable in Matthew, I think it's 24, 25, about the virgins. And it says um, they had their oil and they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. But some of them didn't have enough oil. It wasn't that they didn't have oil. They didn't have a, enough oil. And that oil is intimacy with Jesus Christ. And they realized, oh, can we buy some of your oil? Can we go, um, can we have some of all your oil? I can't have Hannah's intimacy with the Lord. She can't have my intimacy with the Lord. I can't have dad's intimacy with all. Each and every single one of us has to have our own intimacy, has to have our own lamp, has to have our own light with the Lord. We, and they were trying to rush and find this oil so they could come be with the bridegroom, and it was too late. And God is speaking to his church, warning his church, don't let it be too late that when we're knocking on death's door, when we're 99%, when the popcorn band bag is starting to burn in that microwave we're about to go and be with the lord that we try and rush and get oil with the lord because when god is speaking to us when god is drawing us to him that is the time to respond to the lord that is the time to meet with the lord do not delay i love that scripture says today is the day of salvation today is the day of the lord and what is salvation it's not just forgiveness of sins it's encountering jesus christ salvation is we've been brought to christ we were brought to jesus jesus christ is the most important important thing. He's the most important thing in our praise and worship. We're not just singing songs about what Jesus does, about um, what he's done in our life. It's about him. It's to him. It's for Jesus. It's not, he is awesome. He's worthy. He's this. No, you are worthy. You are awesome. You are here. It's to Jesus Christ. If we want to increase the presence of the Holy Spirit in our church, we need to lift up and glorify Jesus. One of the Holy Spirit's main functions is to glorify Jesus Christ. It says, Jesus, Jesus Christ glorifies the Father. And I was reading this morning in John 14, and the Father sent the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is not in competition with one another. And if we want the presence of the Holy Spirit, who's been sent now here for us, we must um, honor and lift up Jesus Christ. Jesus said something, this is awesome. He said, um, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Um, and says, surely I will be with you. And the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Surely he is here with us. And in, in our worship, um, the whole thing of performance is so arrogant in worship. Like when we're singing songs and stuff for performance, it's so abhorrent. It's such an arrogant thing. It's not just demonic. Um, this fancy word, it's Luciferian. It's the nature of Satan. It's like Lucifer. That is what kicked Satan out of heaven was performance and pride in worship. And for us, it's not about ourselves. Um, and you think, oh, I'm not in the band, that's sweet. No, we're all in one band. We're all in one song. We're all in one sound. We're all one voice, lifting up the King of Kings, lifting up the Lord of Lords. What else is arrogant is passive worship. Where we're just giving, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or the, the holding the seat in front of us technique and just, oh, yeah, waiting clocking it in. It's just like, man, that is such an insult to God. Think about it. And you think, oh, I'm just not really a really a emotional guy, James. I'm pretty uh, pretty reserved. But just like there are things in our life that will get us excited that will 
punch the air and be like, woohoo! You know what I mean? They're like, if it's not Jesus Christ, it's got to be something. Something will happen, like you win lotto, you, um, someone mows your lawns for free, someone shouts your food, you'd be like, woohoo! You know, it's just excited. Like, thing that's like, if we've lost our excitement with the Lord, we're backslidden. We don't have, we're not walking in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not to muster up, oh, we just got to oh, now become religiously church and everyone's like why everyone go like that no 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 it's it's out of the love and expression of jesus christ it's it's god is an emotional god it's not just like oh just forget about your emotions watch him we're gonna you know do this don't care no allow god to unlock our emotions and to encounter us and to let go and allow the um the holy spirit to come i love what murray's saying is the holy spirit is love peace and joy in the holy spirit and Peace and joy, they're emotions. It's, you don't, I choose peace, I'm in peace, or, I choose joy. No, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us and encountering the Lord inside of us. That is the worship that God is calling us to bring, that we would magnify and lift up Jesus Christ, that he would be exalted. Actually, in the newspaper this week, um, talking about the newspaper, but um, Paul was saying, uh, Paul from... Adipur, he was saying, um, talking about the 200 years, and I thought it was awesome. He says, it's 200 years of Christ, of Jesus Christ. It's not just 200 years of 200 years. It's Jesus Christ in the Cook Islands. I think that's awesome. And my heart is that Jesus Christ would be lifted high like a banner that would celebrate Jesus Christ. It's not about any person. It's not about any role, any title, any man-made position. It's about Jesus Christ being lifted up, being exalted, being praised, being honored. The message of Jesus Christ that we would, he would be exalted. It's not about our own man's own effort. It's about Jesus Christ. Um, even in our prayer meetings, um, they've got to be about Jesus. And sometimes we pray for the future all the time, or we pray that you'd do this and you'd do that. And we come to the Lord with um, our list of needs, pretending like God doesn't know our needs. Like we come to the Lord praying, pretending like we know our needs better than God knows our needs. It's like, why don't we come to prayer meeting for Jesus and encounter Jesus Christ? And of course, it's important to pray specifically into areas, but let's come in and encounter Jesus Christ. Let's come in and meet with Him. And sometimes it's all, all Lord God, come and encounter us in our services. Come in and we pray that you encounter us in our meetings. Why don't we encounter God now? You know what I mean? In our prayer meetings, meet with Jesus Christ. Meet with the Lord. Encounter Him. Um, allow Him to speak into your life and meet with the Lord then, then, and there. Sometimes we just need to be quiet and um shut our mouths and allow the Lord to speak to us. Prayer is not just us speaking to God, it's God speaking to us. And God wants to speak to us. He wants to show and reveal himself to us. And God is calling us up in these days. And um, as I said, the world is just, it's just, it's totally gone. It's totally gone. But Christ and his plan and his purposes are so good. He is so good. He will bless us immensely. He will encounter us immensely. He is calling us into intimacy with him, that we would know him, that we would walk with him. Um, there's a message at the moment that God is speaking at the moment. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's give the Lord a hand. <laughs> it's a nice interlude there. Um, but uh, I'll just say, even, even warfare, we put the enemy in his place. But let's not give the enemy more attention than we give Jesus Christ. 
Sometimes our prayer meetings, we warfare more than we encountering Jesus. And it's, it's wrong. Like, put the enemy in his place and let's move on to Jesus. And uh, it's, it's good. But this whole thing of praise, and there's a message at the moment about praise and about lifting up a sound of praise and a sound of thanksgiving. And the whole area of praise and then and thanksgiving unlocks the blessings and the promises of God. It unlocks the presence of God. And if we embrace this praise and embrace this thanksgiving in our life, the blessings of God will pour out upon our life. It's funny because it's been on my heart to share it. Then Zachary shared this on Friday, and Mum shared it yesterday in New Zealand, the same message about thanksgiving and lifting up a sound of praise. And uh, Sky Bill Johnson, cool guy, um, he said this thing. He says, when we're here on earth... Um, is the only opportunity in ever that we can lift God up in our um, in our trials, that we can lift God up in our burdens, that we can lift God up in our tragedies. It's only here on earth. And so when we're in our tragedies, when we're in our trials, thank the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That even when the deepest of valleys, then when the deepest of trials, the deepest of battles, lift up the name of the Lord. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. And that spirit of thanksgiving, that spirit of gratefulness, um, unlocks the blessings of God upon our life. How do we steward the gift of God that God has given us? God has given us many, many things in this life that we could be grateful for. How do we steward that? Thank Him. Thank Him. Honor Him, the Lord. I saw this thing the other week. Um, the scaffolder is trying to sue his company, and fair enough, for about a million dollars because he lost his, both his arms in New Zealand in a scaffolding accident. And I saw him on the hospital bed, and he's... Uh, and bandages, and he's got his two little kids, two, two young daughters here next to him. I thought, oh man, um, yeah, sue them. Um, <laughs> and someone in the comments are like, sue them for five mil. Um, this guy's a victim. Um, but you know, that's incredibly sad. And I just, in that moment, I thought, Lord, I thank you for my arms. Like, how many of us have thanked the Lord for our arms this week? Like, a couple of us. Awesome. Um, <laughs> heard the story, but Ray as well. That's good. Um, you know, like, our, like we take them for granted. We take the blessings of the Lord for granted. And, like, there's no amount of money that can pay for our arms to come back. And, um, you know, think about it. And thankful for everything we have, our vision, our sight. We live in such an awesome, awesome nation. Like, it's incredible. Like, this is as cold as it gets. Like, <laughs> think about it. You know, people are suffering in, around the world in cold temperatures and all that kind of stuff. We live in an awesome, awesome land. We're blessed. The creation in this land speaks of God. You know, we live in such a safe place. Like, we can walk down the streets at night. Um, it was funny, the other, um, the other morning, we live in a little bit of a close commune um, together um, with all our neighbors and they're all around us. So we hear everybody's arguments. They hear um, our yelling, they hear our live stream going on. We're blasting that. They're hearing our deliverance that takes place in our home. And well, that legit, and um, and like 2.30, I think it was uh, Tuesday, Monday, uh, Wednesday morning, um, I wake up, and there's all this yelling, and um, cars starting, and I'm just like, what is going on? I'm pretty sure there's no flight at the moment, because I live next to the airport, um, all these people yelling, people blasting music, you know, kind of thing, it's not like the weekend where the heathens do that kind of thing, and um, we've got new neighbors, the heathens, and um, they're going hardcore, I'm like, man, um, but it was Tuesday. I'm like, they don't, they don't do that kind of thing. And uh, and then about 4:30, I 
because um, I couldn't get it back to sleep, but 4.30, the drums start going, doo, 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 doo. I'm like, ah, they were the drummers living next door. Get them ready. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> but, you know, be, be thankful to the Lord, you know. <laughs> um, let's open the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Praying always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks. That's God's will for us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 17, this is New King James. It says this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like we're doing this morning, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Mum's been sharing about how she's been uh, singing, sleeping, sleep singing um, to the Lord. It's awesome. Um, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's so awesome. The next chapter in Colossians 4, verse 2, it says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I'm in chains. But praying earnestly, giving thanks. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2 says this, We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love that prayer, unceasing, giving thanks. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says this, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. The call in God's will for us is that we would pray without ceasing and that we would give thanks in our prayer. Like so sometimes that's the prayer that God just needs to hear, thanking the Lord. And our praise is a weapon. Like when we lift up praise, it's what it does to the enemy. It says this, it doesn't matter what you are doing, I'm going to praise the Lord. And Satan hates that. The enemy hates that when we magnify Jesus Christ and we praise him dis despite the circumstances when our whole life is a mess, our whole life is going on, just storms everywhere, praising the name of the Lord and lifting up Jesus Christ. That's the best, I think that's one of the best ways of warfare is lifting up, raising a hallelujah. I love that song, raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. It's a sound of praise. It's lifting up the Lord. It's magnifying Jesus Christ. And Watch if we do this, the blessings of God unlock around our life. Watch the breakthrough that comes in our life when we magnify and we lift up Jesus Christ and we thank him. And if things don't turn around, who cares? We're praising the name of the Lord anyway. You know what I mean? But things will work around. They will turn. I love this. God spoke to me about the scripture. Um, it's a psalm, Psalm 122. Um, it says this. Verse 1, I was glad when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. I love that. That's, I did a search. That is the only place in the Bible that talks about the tribes of the Lord. 
Everywhere else, it talks about the tribes or the children of Israel or the tribes of Israel. So I kind of think we slip into that as Gentiles, tribes of the Lord. And I think the team is awesome. They're going to go into Jerusalem and give thanks to the name of the Lord. Said to Hannah, we need to go into Jerusalem and give thanks to the name of the Lord. All the tribes of the Lord will come there and give thanks to the Lord. That is so cool. But let's give thanks to the name of the Lord. Um, yeah, it's good. The other, other thing... Um, but yeah, if, if we want the presence of God to come into this house, if we want the presence of the Lord to come, lift up a sound of praise. Thank the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. I'll finish quickly on two things. First thing is this. There's a guy in the Bible called Obed-Edom. Everyone say Obed-Edom. He carried the Ark of the Covenant was in his house. They, you know the story with David, and he tried to drive the presence of the Lord into Jerusalem because um, they'd been with the Philistines. And um. They did it wrong. They put it on a car and lightning came down and struck people and they were dead. Um, Uriah, I think it was, and David was angry. And so they stored the house right there in Obed-Edom's house. And Obed-Edom's house was blessed. The blessing of the Lord came upon his house because he had honored the Lord and walked with the Lord and the presence of God could dwell and fill his place. And David saw that the house of Obed-Edom was blessed. And I love that, that, um, David sought the Lord and they found the right way to bring the presence of the Lord from Obed-Edom's house into Jerusalem so that everyone could experience the presence of God. And it was through praise, thanksgiving, and offerings. And that's how they brought in the presence of God. And if we want the presence of God in this house, bring in praise, offerings, and um, thanksgiving. Let that come in. And you know what I love about that? The presence of the Lord went from Obed-Edom's house into the city for everyone. And I think that's like us getting the presence of the Lord in our own homes and bringing that into the house here, bringing that into the presence of the Lord, that we would come, we would encounter God, and God's presence would come and fill this place. Let's not turn up to church empty-handed, um, dry, oh, man, I just, like, we have rough weeks. I'm not, you know, that's the thing, but it's like pull our weight a bit, all of us. If we love God, if we love Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, bring in the fire. Bring in the presence of the Lord. Bring in the hunger. Let's, let's come in and encounter the Lord. I love it waking up on Sunday. I get to come into the house of the Lord. Get to come in and lift him up and exalt him. That is, that is so, so good. And the final thing is this, is um, exodus. What God is wanting to do is a mass exodus. And he wants to, um, he wants to get the demonic out of our life. And uh, there's a bunch of people around the world that, they think that all the miracles have stopped, all the healings have stopped, all the prophecies have stopped, all the deliverance has stopped from the Word of God. And all I say to that is, if you have cancer or serious disease, don't go to those people for prayer. And because um, the miracles of God are still happening today, God is still moving today. We have living miracles in our midst. Um, we understand that there's a, a demonic realm, there's absolute... Uh, purity in this earth and it's found through Jesus Christ and there's absolutely evil and every like sin originated from Satan it originated from the demonic um, and when we sin in our life there's the demonic attached to that the temptation comes from the enemy and we choose and we agree with the enemy and we walk walk in that and we walk in um and we walk in that sin and you think oh man I, I'm pretty good I don't have the demonic around my life but when was the last time you sinned Probably this morning. Um, <laughs> wake up to your wife, where's my coffee? You know, I don't know. How, these are real things. Um, I'm not now home. Um, 
Oh my gosh, James. It's funny, why are all the arguments um, in the kitchen? Weapons. Um, just a pro tip for, um, have them in a safe place, like, a, um, like the bedroom, so you can pillow fight. It's the worst it's going to get. Um, you know? Where's the last time you sinned this morning? Um, I don't know. Could have been yesterday or this week. Who knows? By some holy people that's been last week. Oh, man. Well, pray for us. Um, but, you know, every time we sin, there's the demonic attached to that. If we like, thoughts say thoughts of lust, there's, there's demons of lust that are around um, our life. There's thoughts of anger and hatred, criticism, gossip, um, unforgiveness, the judgments, yeah, it's all around that there's the demonic attached that's sowing thoughts into our life and that the enemy comes into that. And so, man, like, we all stick our hands up. We've all got issues. We've all got sin issues around our life, which ultimately means we've all got the demonic around our life and there's two, there's two main deliverers in the Bible. It was Moses who delivered the people out of Egypt, out of the slavery, out of Pharaoh. Pharaoh represents like Satan, the slavery that came from Satan. And then Jesus, he came on this earth. They reckon like 25% of Jesus' miracles was deliverance, casting out demons. And that is, we need to let that, all I say is this, allow the Lord to get the demonic out of your life. Allow the Lord to drive the enemy out. God has given us authority to drive it out. And I'll share this. I put myself on, expose myself a bit. Yesterday, I was in that office. I cleaned it up, watching the live stream, doing a bit of prep. I just felt uneasy. And then the sovereign deliverance came over me. I was just like, man, what? what? it's pretty cool. And But, you know, sometimes stuff's coming. And it's just like, I didn't conjure this thing up. This thing came. And then I just felt like choked in my neck. And this is a supernatural thing. And the Western world tries to like pacify our spiritual experiences and like, oh, nah, that explain it's just a thing of the mind and all that kind of stuff. But like, we know in Pacifica here that the spiritual realm is so real. Like there, there are angels and demons. There are, there's a spiritual realm. Like you hear about the, like the child trafficking and all that kind of stuff. Surely Satan is involved. And, um, but these, these are supernatural things. These are real things. And I was getting choked, and I just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, or the authority of Jesus Christ, I just command every demonic spirit that's attacking me to leave right now. And one, two, three, go. And then, and that's when the neighbors heard, um, I, I th- if they weren't at the market. But, you know, it just all, just all came out. And I thought, Lord, I thank you for, you know, your deliverance in my life. But you know, there's, it's, it's controversial. Like, it's never easy. You can never, like, program and package it into a nice thing. It's raw. It's real. It's full on. But it's real. And um, I just think God is going to do a sovereign work of deliverance in these days and clean us up all out. And let's just prepare our hearts to work in. Just say, it's controversial. In New Zealand, the road in the newspapers that people praying and all that kind of stuff. It's like, what are they going to do when God's sovereignly delivering people? Are they going to like put God on trial and say, look, you delivered these people, God, and all the kind of stuff? Because God, that's what he's doing. He's moving and he's getting the demonic out of people's lives, sovereignly in our homes, sovereignly in our services. So let's just push into God and see what God wants to do. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. 
You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.